we are with the Fallout Lorecast. Lainey, are you ready to go? Are you ready to do this? I am. It sounded like I'm maybe you, you weren't at the beginning there. You like you said one second as the intro played. You know. <laughs> Oof. You good? You getting you getting emails? So I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the internet. No emails. Uh, you getting emails? Like <laughs> um, people, important people sending you messages? Yeah, all the time. No, no, you're good. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Fall Orcast. This is your host, Tom Robots. We're figuring it out as we go. You know, we're just kind of everything's just made up as we go anyway. That's all. That's how this show works is we just make up the lore. And then lo and behold, it actually matches the real lore. Strange, huh? Um, no, I'm kidding. Usually we do research and we figure out what actually is the lore first. Uh, and we only make up, you know, a very small percentage of things. Um <laughs> So welcome back to the Fall Lorecast. This week we are talking about the two, well, two more cryptids. Uh, we're talking about the Mega Sloth and the Sheep Squatch. So stay tuned for both of those. We're going to pack them both into this episode. And with me, as usual, my co-host Lainey. Lainey, welcome back. How's it going? Is your phone not blowing up anymore? Doing good. You good? I, well... <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Well, we're back. We're live again on Monday night. It is 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash robots radio. And we are here with our regular, regular chat friends hanging out during chat. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so why don't we why don't we get right back into this? Here we go. We're going to first start off with the mega sloth right after this sound effect. So the Megasloth, we've talked about cryptids a little bit in the last few episodes. We've been throwing them in there. And um, many of the cryptids that we know of in the Fallout games, as we discussed a few weeks back, are in Fallout 76. And that seems to be where we're going with the rest of these. And these two cryptids specifically are Fallout 76 cryptids, the Megasloth and the Sheep Squatch. Lainey, what's the deal with the Megasloth? What's going on here? So the mega sloth is inspired by uh, prehistoric giant ground sloths um, that lived during the ice age. So about 8 million years ago. Wow. 8 million years ago. Okay. I can't still hear you. We're, we're not having t t technical difficulties. Um, yeah. Nice. So 8 million years ago, giant ground sloths yeah. and sloths, giant are, ground sloths. sloths are cute, right? Like the little, like the little guys with the little like color, like the white patches on their faces and the little hands. I mean, they've got long claws, but they're, like they're little tree sloths, right? Like they're cute. They're cute guys, right? They usually don't try to harm anyone. They're pretty peaceful. So um, is that the, the case first... for the for the giant <laughs> mega sloths? Um, in terms of like the ones in the game, no. But in <laughs> real life, um, I'm sure they functioned just like other sloths probably do. A lot of animals at the time were very large, and so. In comparison to those, they probably seemed pretty normal. Um, the first fossil that was found of one of these giant ground sloths was in Greenbrier, Greenbrier County, uh, West Virginia. But they're most popular in South America, so they're pretty much just all over the Americas. You can find these giant ground sloths. Wow. So they spanned like Idea both of, continents. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. For an idea of what they looked like, um, they're 10 times the size the normal living sloths that we see today. Mm -hmm. And they weighed up to four tons, which is the same 
um, amount of weight as a bull elephant. Wow. Wow. It's a, it's a big boy. <laughs> that's a big boy. Four times. So that's 8,000 pounds. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and they're 12 feet tall. Jeez. Okay. So, so they would tower over you. Right. So like yeah. the first f- story of a building is between 10 and 12 feet tall. Generally, I believe depending on, on the type of building it, you're in. So like, holy crap, 12 feet. So that's twice the height of say a six foot tall man. That's like two, six foot tall people yeah. standing on each other's heads. <laughs> or, Imagine or, like yeah. walking into your bathroom and then you just open the door and the whole room is a sloth. The whole <laughs> you room know? is like, a sloth. <laughs> they're massive. Yeah, that, that's, that is massive. And it's, it's interesting here that they, um, the first known fossil was found in West Virginia, which ties directly to Fallout 76. Yeah, it's kind of convenient for uh, the people making all the cryptids for Fallout. because it's fun to pull from. Um, but the actual sloths in the game don't come from these sloths. They're only loosely inspired. Um, so in terms of where they where they came from in the game, there is not a proper origin, but there is speculation about um, what might be, you know, the most likely things. Yeah. And this is common for a lot of these kinds of uh, creatures and things that we get in the Fallout games is that we don't necessarily get a definitive. This is where this came from. There's always a lot of speculation, it seems, because it isn't necessarily documented. You know, with the case of something like a super mutant, then we have some sort of documentation, you know, like these experiments were being done on soldiers and this is what the results were, blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to some of these creatures that especially with the ones that happen naturally, there oftentimes there's just speculation like, well, when was the first one? How did they actually work? Where did they come from? Um, Was it the FEV virus? Was it something else? You know. Um, so in this case, uh, there was the, like the biggest, most fleshed out idea of where they might have come from um, comes from the family that owns the Garahan Mining Company. Okay. Uh, so before the war, there were two particularly prominent mining companies in Appalachia, uh, the Garahan Mining Company and the Horn White Mining uh, Company or industry, something like that. And Horn, Horn White in- Industries, I believe. Industries, yeah. yeah. Um, And so they had a little competition because they were both trying to develop the best technology for mining. And Hornwright was developing machines and Garahan was developing um, excavator excavator power armor. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to see if people in these suits versus machines that, of course, aren't people at all, uh, which one could do it better. So they held a contest and they had a 24 hour mining contest to see who could mine the most ore and the Garahan Mining Co. lost um, but only because they were sabotaged (laughs) Uh but it never got resolved so by the time that it was all over they couldn't ever prove it and uh, Hornwright Industries ended up becoming much more famous and everyone started using their technology because in the eyes of the world they were you know the most successful. Interesting okay yeah so that's just some context about who this family is. Um, the CEO, CEO, her name is Vivian Garahan, and she has a few children. Um, one of her sons, Isaac Garahan, owned multiple sloths before the war, uh, but just normal ones, not, not giant ones, not mega ones, you know, just normal sloths. And they lived on the family's estate. So the estate was big. You can find it in the game. It's like a mansion, and it kind of overlooks 
um, all of their minds. And they just had sloths living on the ground. Uh, the best idea is that when the war happened, these sloths escaped and have become the mega sloths that we know today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were derived specifically from this group of sloths. Um, right. Because sloths, like tr- common tree sloths, aren't necessarily indigenous to West Virginia. Is that right? No. Yeah. I don't think so. So that's yeah. so that's why we so okay so they I mean how many did they have on the property it must not have been very many It's like a handful Yeah yeah like only like uh, you know you keep a few pets around you know and you probably only have I mean at the most I don't know 6 you know like like <laughs> you probably don't have like dozens of the of these things on your property um man so I I mean it's been 26 years since the bombs dropped so I, I would I would assume that these sloths uh, mutated, uh, reproduced, and now you know all of the giant sloths in the area are all descended from this very small group of them, which creates a genetic bottleneck as well, which is interesting. So um, we know in the game. Sorry. Yeah, there's cat noises and and there's cats running around in the background. I was trying to resolve the cat noises. (laughs) If anybody's wondering what the jingling sound is. (laughs) I put the toy away. Oh, okay. So, although this seems like, you know, probably relevant that, you know, if there were sloths before the war in Appalachia, then probably these sloths are the same sloths that are there afterwards. Maybe if they survived, you know, given that things worked out for them, I guess, in a strange way. Um, But we don't know that to be true. And there's also an instance where there's a reference to mega sloths before the war. So in the pre-war terminals for uh, Pioneer Scouts for taking their exams, they reference dealing with mega sloths. Hmm. This could just be like a continuity error, something that wasn't really picked up on, but I doubt it. You know, they're pretty intentional about what they put in their games. Um, But this is the only other record of sloths in the game so who knows yeah yeah pioneer the pioneer scouts exam uh was programmed before the war i mean this is one of the quests that you go on uh in 76 and you have to you have to go through all these setups and the uh the the mr handy robots don't know necessarily that the world has changed they're still just kind of programmed to do what they're supposed to be doing so that means that they must have been programmed to use the term mega sloth before the bombs dropped. So that makes that, that creates questions, you know, like the, did these things actually exist somehow before the bombs dropped? Was there were there genetic experiments happening? Um, you know, we have the uh, um, we, we definitely have record of genetics experiments happening on animals in other Fallout games. That's not uncommon. Uh, but what's uncommon about this would be specifically genetic experiments happening in Appalachia on sloths by who by whom by who i don't grammar um but you know like who was who was then doing this and why would the pioneer scouts know about it unless some of these things were already out in the wild and had been released and were considered a you know a cryptid before the war so that sort of thing interesting 
we see this with some of the other cryptids, um, Mothman, for example, where they did exist before the war, but they weren't as prominent and only a certain people believed in them. Right. And, and, that, and that makes sense the because became, the Mothman stuff in our own world is a cryptid and technically would have existed before the, this period in the timeline. Right. Um, because, you know, the timeline right. is extrapolated another hundred years out uh, from from our current timeline, like in reference to certain types of things happening in the world. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're right that like but the Mothman, like people aren't walking around talking about giant sloths being in the world right now the way that they are talking about like, oh, the, uh, we saw like we, you know, we talked with Dave, you know, some somebody in, you know, Chicago's like, oh, I saw the two glowing eyes. The Mothman visited us in the middle of the night, you know, like people are claiming that today but i haven't heard of anybody saying um yeah we heard a rustling in the woods behind our house and there was a giant sloth you know like right (laughs) i don't know if anybody's claiming that right now um in the games these sloths uh are covered in fungi and so I don't know if you've really encountered any or fought any. Oh yeah, yeah. This but, is one of my favorite details of the slots is the um, is the like the gl- the growing uh, mushrooms, and sometimes they're glowing uh, on the backs as if they're like so slow moving that like fungus can just grow on them without being you know rubbed yeah. off or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Well, they uh, have a symbiotic relationship with each other, the yeah. fungi and the sloth. So. You know, the fungi gets a place to live, and I mean, you know, it's lost good enough a place as any. And the mushrooms, you know, when they encounter a threat, they explode with spores. <laughs> yeah. That's... And so, right, you get attacked with these spore clouds, and it comes from the fungi that are on the sloth. So they kind of protect each other, right? Nothing's going to trample the fungi when it's living on a giant, like a mega sloth. Right. But right. things can't attack the sloth as well when it's defending it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. It's a good little mix. That's funny. Now, Lainey, have you come across any of the mega sloths yet in the game? I know you've, you're only so many hours in. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're pretty great. They're, and, and they're big. Um, I don't know that I would. Maybe they're 12 feet tall if they stand upright. I mean, they're pretty big. So that's what. Um, the ancient one, the ancient ones, the, the prehistoric ones, the prehistoric ones. They, when they would stand on their hind feet, they would be twelve feet tall. Right, right. But they weren't just like twelve feet tall sitting down, or you know, right, right, or hunched over because they kind of have that like, they, right, their bodies kind of do this. Um, yeah, I think they're cool. I think uh, sloths in general are cool. There's something, there's something fun about such a very slow moving animal. One of the things that I find interesting about uh, the diversity of animals in the world is that for so many animals out there being um, on their guard and fast and strong and uh, resilient and camouflaged and these kinds of things that keep them alive. Like there's very, very clear reasons why animals are are built the way they are and, and it's due to evolutionary pressure right then an animal that's faster than another animal is going to be able to catch food more easily an animal that's more camouflaged than another animal is going to be able to avoid getting eaten as easily but then you have things like sloths or pandas and it's just like it's just like how did those happen how would like if you watch a bunch of pandas playing at the zoo they're just ridiculous it's like they're 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 climbing trees they're flipping upside down they're really slow you know they're very curious like how did how did nature allow these things to survive and sloths are kind of similar in that like they just 
you know, they just kind of hang on trees. They move very slowly. Like I'm sure that the uh, evolutionary pressures were different for wherever it is that they, uh, you know, happen to thrive. And so that's why they evolved in certain patterns. But yeah, like these like nice, cute kinds of animals. It's just like, how does how does that work? How does that work? So I guess it makes sense that something like fungus growing on their backs would be evolutionarily beneficial to keep them safe and for them to also keep the fungus safe. So that, you know, that makes sense. There's some, uh, um, there's some connection. Yeah. One last note about the mega sloths. Uh, they can hang from trees in the game. And if you're an unlucky passerby and you find one in a tree on the off chance that you find one in a tree, it will surprise attack you <laughs> and jump down from the tree and get really? you. Really? Yeah. I've never experienced that. I wonder, chat, has, if, let me know if any of you guys have experienced that. I haven't experienced that in game. That's crazy. I'll have to start looking up more while uh, traveling around in Appalachia. Yeah, if you find any like heavily wooded areas, um, it's worth looking in the trees to see if you can find one. And it's possible that someone might come across one that wasn't a tree, but they just didn't see it in the tree and then encountered it after. It wouldn't connect the dots, you know. Right, if you don't like know they turn they around and they're like, like "Oh, that. there's a giant sloth over there." I didn't didn't notice it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, chat. Let us let us know if you guys have experienced any of this, and anybody listening to the show right now, if you want to chime in on Discord or on Twitter, uh, let us know what your experiences were with uh, giant sloths because I haven't experienced that. I've played a few hundred hours of this game at this point, and I don't think I've ever run across one being in the tree. But I, maybe I need to be more aware. And start looking up a little bit more. That's really cool. Now, what kind of tree can hold on to a sloth that big? I don't know. <laughs> Seems like a very heavy animal. Uh, but we'll have to we'll have to dig into that to find out. Well, that um, very cool info. Thank you for digging this up. We're gonna move on to the sheep squash stuff after this break. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, here we go. Let's go to the middle of the show. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash falloutlore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash falloutlore, expressvpn.com slash falloutlore to learn more. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We are getting close to our patron episode this month. And thank you to all of our patrons, especially our tier four and higher patrons. And we have a normally I wait till the end of the month or actually the beginning of the month. But um, to, to call out the patrons from the previous period. But we have a very special new patron this month. 
our tier six patron position, um, uh, which is titled, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, crap, crap, crap. What is the name of it? Uh, Prime, uh, something Prime. The uh, the big robot. Can't think of the name of the. You know what I'm talking about, Laney. The big robot. The giant robot. Yeah. Guy. I, mm. Oh, why am I blanking on this? <laughs> anyway, tier six. It has a funny name. It's somebody in chat is gonna gonna correct me here. Um, it, <laughs> we have a tier six. Uh, congratulations, Prime, says Nakamata in chat. <laughs> Azen, thank you for being our tier six patron. This is this is absolutely crazy, so I absolutely need to call this out because this is huge. This is tier six. So tier four is our $25 a month. You can join us at the end of the month on the show. You get all the previous stuff from the previous tiers, right? And we've got a good number of people who have signed up at that tier and join us every month for our patron episodes. and absolutely appreciate you guys spending money on that tier and, and enjoying joining me for the show every month and everything that you do there. Um, tier five is a tier above that. So that's $50 a month. So that's for like super fans who really, really want to help support the show. And we have a few of those now tier six. I just kind of threw in there as like an upper limits thing. And it's, there's just only one. We can only ever have one tier six patron at a time. And Aizen, Aizen, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Thank you for signing up. This is $250 a month for this tier. And that is absolutely amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This pushes us above the $500 amount that we needed for the stretch goal in order for me to get a fallout tattoo, which is kind of crazy. This is, again, was a stretch goal. I just kind of put in there thinking like, Maybe we'll hit this sometime. I have no idea. Probably not, would but it you? would be kind of fun to get a, you know, a tattoo commemorating like the Fallout lore cast. And so this is this is where we are now. We are now there. So I need to I need to start getting ideas for this. So thank you to Eisen. You have pushed us past that level. I can now start planning out getting a Fallout tattoo. I think I'll probably get it on, say, like the shoulder on my right arm and yeah, crazy, crazy idea. So I need some ideas for some really cool tattoos. I want something very cool and artistic, something that represents uh, robots, like Fallout robots, um, the Fallout Lorecast, maybe say Fallout Lorecast on it, something like that. If any of our artistic friends in the community would like to just pitch some designs to me, I would love for you to just throw me some stuff, whether it's something you've designed in the past that you think would look really cool as a tattoo or something that you want to spend some time designing. Or if uh, Crystal King in chat wants to do an MS Paint thing, he's been doing a lot of MS Paint on our Discord recently, then I'll consider that as well. I probably won't use that one, but I'll, I'll consider it. Um, Mr. Handy with the heart. So feel, feel free to just pitch some ideas, send them to me on the Discord. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our patrons, especially Aizen for being our brand new patron and tier six patron. You guys are very, very much contributing to my ability to do this and try to make this a full-time thing. So very much appreciated. Um, also, and if you would like to help support the show, I'm, we would love even more support that would keep continuing to further my ability to do this full time and, and uh, Lainey's ability to do this also. Um, so please check out patreon.com slash for all the different tiers and all the different things you can get there. Um, also, this show is supported by the um, the advertisers, the uh, the companies that we have connected to for the for the robots radio network, including audiobooks.com. You can get three free audiobooks. Super easy, super easy thing that you can do. 
all you have to do is click the link in the show notes and you just can go download, you sign up, get three free audiobooks. So if you like listening to things like podcasts or books while driving or working out or at work or any of those kinds of things, then this is an absolute awesome deal. We have some other really great deals as well. Look through the list in the show notes. I'm not going to spend all your time right now going through all of them, but if you're looking to save some money on uh, purchasing or renting games, uh, loot crate stuff, um, NordVPN, uh, protecting your internet, things like that. We've got a bunch of great deals. And uh, anytime you use any of those, we get a little bit of a kickback. But honestly, they're better deals for you guys than any amount of money that I get from them. So I hope you take advantage of those if you're looking to make any of those kinds of purchases. Um, that's just all part of the fun of being part you know, of the network and listening to these shows. So go check that stuff out. I will drop a link for audiobooks.com in the, um, in the chat as we continue the talk. So Thanks, everybody, for tuning into all that stuff. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you to our patron supporters, especially our new patron, Aiken. Did I say Aizen? I'm just going to mess this name up so much. Aizen, A-I-Z-E-N-N. Thank you so much. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show and talk about the Sheep Squatch. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, Lainey, let's get back to some more cryptids. Uh, so we finished up the Megasloth. There's not a ton of information about the Megasloth. Now, let's move into the Sheep Squatch, because the Sheep Squatch is one of those things. Like, everybody knows what a Sasquatch is, right? Everyone knows Bigfoot. The You know, one of the names for Bigfoot is Sasquatch. But when this, when this showed up, I was like, wait, a Sheep Squatch? Is that, that's a real thing? So this is this is a real thing. Tell us about it, it. It certainly is a real thing. But first off, um, I want to come with you when you get your fallout tattoo. And also, <laughs> I've already began a uh, I have a leg uh, like I've started. It just has a Batman symbol on it right now, but I'm creating a leg sleeve specifically for like games that I grew up with and things like that. Oh, so nice. if you want to get we could get a little we could do it together. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> um. Sheep Squatch is actually a cryptid based on a real-life cryptid, um, unlike the Megasloth. It's known in West Virginia sometimes as just the white thing, and is reported across multiple southwestern counties, most commonly in the 1990s. Wow, so this really is the thing. It's somehow, over the last few decades, I've just totally not even known that this was a real thing. It's definitely a, a local legend. Or at least it's a real legend, if not necessarily a real creature, I, I guess is probably the way right. I should state that. Um, but who knows? Cryptids could be real. Ooh, I got to do my spooky voice because it's that time of the year. All right. So, so tell, tell us some more about this. The first sighting was in 1994, where a veteran said he observed the, the sheep squatch drinking at a creek. Um, it was not threatening. It just drank at the creek and then walked off. The same year, two, ch <laughs> two children claimed to see the creature in their backyard. It also did not attack them. They just saw it. It was just hanging out. All right, and so at this point, it was like a sh uh, large sheep looking creature. Yes. Yeah. I'll get more that into like the physical like description in a minute. Legs, but sort of. It's. Yeah, imagine imagine Sasquatch and then turn uh -huh. it into just like a big ram. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to as it's depicted in the game. Um, man, how do you? OK, I mean, this just goes to all of this stuff of like. You're just looking out the back window and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's a giant bipedal creature with horns on its head that I've never seen before. 
I'm just not going to go grab my camera. Like, like what? anyway, go on. Yeah. So that was in 1994. Uh, and that's the first, you know, incident with a sheep squatch or the first two incidents. Uh, future sightings happened the next couple of years and they were a bit more violent. So the sheep squatch started attacking people areas. It would show up at the side of the road and try to assault people in their cars. It would um, go to campgrounds and assault people that were camping. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a record of people being genuinely attacked by a sheep squatch. Uh, We'll get into, you know, how you can determine if that's real or not when people are saying they're being actually attacked. Uh Um, uh And and some other other descriptors here in the notes. uh, uh, the size of a bear covered in wool, hands similar to raccoon paws, long hairless, Just really big, worm like tail, like a possum. <laughs> so, can, wait a minute. Okay, so here's the other thing. Can you imagine? Okay, can you imagine being on the side of the road and this thing comes up and like punches your car? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, holy crap. But like the idea of like, uh, okay, so a lot of times cryptids, the explanation for cryptids is it's somebody who saw a bear, but they misunderstood what they were seeing. Right. But how do you misunderstand something the size of the bear with like different looking fur, a different color, raccoon paw hands, horns, because bears definitely don't have horns. I mean, was it a moose? Did somebody get hit by a moose and they just misunderstood what they were looking at? Like, it seems like a crazy mix the of moose, stuff. moose, like, stand up on his back legs, maybe? Yeah, I mean, a moose, yeah, they can do that. But, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy mix of stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's also said that they smell like sulfur, similarly to some accounts of the Mothman. And this yeah. is because they both come from the same area. They both come from the TNT area, which is the abandoned uh military base that we talked about in the last episode where they used to make munitions and some people theorize that like the things that they were using at this plant uh led to the creation of these big monsters you know Mm -hmm. but there isn't anything to really back that (laughs) right or maybe the whole area just smells like sulfur and so that's the smell that they remember when yeah yeah but when describing the sheep squatch people say the smell it smells similarly to skunks um implying that maybe they have these like these glands, you know, that would release a similar smell when threatened. Skunk squatch, um, squat, skunk squatch, skunk squatch. So you have to sk- sk- both skunk squatch. That's hard. That's harder to say than it sounds. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have teeth like an herbivore, so they're flat, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like large, flat teeth, uh, like you know our molars are. Yeah, but they're carnivorous. So, wait, 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 that, that doesn't sense. make sense. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Carnivorous animals have like chompy, pointy, sharp teeth. Right. So take that as you will. Anytime <laughs> I talk about teeth, I have to do the um, Monty Python uh, when they're talking about the, uh, the 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 rabbit that's, you know, chewing at everyone's throats and the pointy, sharp, pointy teeth and the little finger motions that anyway. People who are watching the the stream will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So these sheep squatch, they can actually communicate with uh, other sheep squatches. They can, they make noises. I mean, they're an animal. They make noises. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and they do this. It's like a howl, and they make it by uh, the way their mouths vibrate. So, like, of course, the sound comes up like normally, but they can affect the pitch by how their mouth moves. So they're like kind of like yodeling. They're yodeling. Yeah, like they're kind of yodeling, (laughs) and they do this, you know, to actually communicate, so they can. give warnings to nearby sheep squatch they can let you know they're gonna attack you they can express that they're tired you know whatever it is that animals do <laughs> okay this is um, this is a weird detail uh, yeah it's a little strange this one actually it uh is more relevant to the game than it is to real life uh because in the game they make noises you're right right but i, yeah. I would assume that you know just like many of the other features in the game that this was somebody out there was like, oh, yeah, and I heard the thing make a yodel sound. And they probably didn't say yodel sound, but described it similar I to mean, this. I mean, if it is yodeling, that's going to get even funnier in a minute. Okay. So, <laughs> people, right, so people think this thing might have came from the TNT area. In Fallout, you know, it's it's likely irradiated. Um, in which case, it's just a mutated sheep or goat, probably. Mm-hmm. But in real life, um, some people consider it to be a hoax where it's just a guy dressed up as a sheep squatch to scare and rob travelers um which honestly isn't a terrible gig given that the area was already famous because of the mothman yeah plus it seems way more likely to to just be like crazy dude or maybe not so crazy dude wearing a suit robbing people than it is to say that this is some sort of like natural or weird, you know, genetic occurrence. Um, right. <laughs> like that, like Occam's razor would say that the less complex, complex answer is probably more likely, right? Like don't multiply entities beyond necessity or whatever the actual quote is. So a, a much simplified version, yeah, would be like, no, dude puts on suit, robs people, people claim they saw something in the woods. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe. And he yodels while he does it. Um, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine someone coming to your car, like banging on it with these big, big paws? I like imagine like a bear, you know, like they have like the big like pads yeah. and the claws. Right. And just like banging on your thing, yodeling, <laughs> looking like a sheep squatch. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's like at night and people are already a little bit travel weary and afraid of seeing something like the Mothman or something because they're out in the wilderness. Yeah. And then dude comes up and although the chances of being in a rural place like that and getting legit shot on the spot are also pretty, pretty high. Like, yeah, sheep squatch taking a risk. Like, yeah, sheep scratch dude taking risk there. Mm, It's probably easier to just rob somebody with a gun and then not get shot. Because you have the gun pulled first, you know, but maybe he likes the fame. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we could speculate. This could be all sorts of things. Like maybe it's just bored high school or college kids who are just like, oh, put the sheep squatch, you know, you get you to put the sheep squatch outfit on and, and, and rob a dude in order to join a fraternity. <laughs> you know, and like that's <laughs> that's the, you know, annual event. That's their, that's their hazing. That's their hazing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? So I actually um, have some context about the sheep squatch in the game in terms of not so much information about the sheep squatch themselves, but an interesting story relating to the sheep squatch. Um, there's a character called Calvin Van Lowe who 
uh, was an inventor. 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 He was an inventor. inventor. <laughs> uh, working for the, I think it's called the the Bishy, Bishy company. B y s s h e company. Yeah. A million points I, if you can pronounce that correctly. <laughs> uh, and he was he was working on some stuff. We'll get to what happened to him in a second. But he was a sheep squatch fanatic. This man loved the sheep squatch when he was in high school, I believe, or like pre-college. He was part of this group called the Truth Seekers that was really just made up of a couple of friends of his. And they would look for cryptids in, you know, Appalachia. And they never found anything. Um, so he was really disheartened and he was obsessed with trying to find the sheep squatch, but stated even that he didn't really think it existed, but he wanted to be the person that found it. Um, he left the truth seekers. When I he, don't really think this is a thing, but just in case it is, I want to be the guy who finds it, but I really don't think this is a thing, but, but there's enough of a chance that I still want to put in the effort. Like how does... It doesn't seem like a very good justification. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, somehow he justified his whole life with it. There's actually accounts of him being uh, a little strange. His his thoughts are a little strange. He had some issues um, associating the proper things together. It was written out saying that like he had a hard time associating stimuli with what caused it. I think that would contribute to him assuming Cause and effect? that things he was seeing or hearing that's, I mean, this sounds yeah. like, so I this think sounds he, like a, his a, problem was probably that he just assumed lots of things were sheep squatch related. Right. This sounds, I mean, this is either a psychological issue or this is just somebody of very low intelligence who can't seem to put together cause and effect because that's a very basic well, logical process. So here's the, the issue with that. He's incredibly smart. Oh, He's so very so, smart. Okay, so maybe maybe it's more like uh, the case of somebody uh, like, for example, some people with autism are very, very, very good at like certain things, but then other things they're extremely lacking in. It's like they took most of the eggs out of some baskets and put them into other baskets, um, so they can do like you know fi like physics and calculus computations in their head, but they don't know how to read a smile on somebody's face. You know, like two very, very different things. Yeah, so it seems like he was just, he was having a hard time associating things with each other that should make sense to other people. But to him, he was, you know, kind of in a way creating his own narrative. But if that's the narrative that makes sense to him, then that is his truth, you know? Right. Um, yes. But it led to a whole lifetime of him hunting for this sheep squatch, even though he suspected that it might not be real. Um, but he was an inventor. He went to college. He became an inventor for the the Bishy company, the Baishi company, mm -hmm. and um, worked just for bish. them for a, it's a while. Just bish. Bish. It's a Bish <laughs> company. <laughs> um, so he worked for them for a while, and he even did some of his own experiments and inventions at his house. Um, and he met a really, really sad demise where he was working on in a Saltron that he was trying to modify in order to find a sheep squatch where he was modifying it in such a way that it could mimic what he believed to be sheep squatch mating rituals, mm -hmm. which then uh, didn't work out well. You know, if you've ever encountered an Saltron, they're a little violent and it killed him. As, so as he, they he do, died. as Saltrons do, thus the name Assaultron. 
Yep. yep. <laughs> Who would have thunk? They're programmed for that. <laughs> so that was a little incident, um, but it gets even sadder. So not only did he spend his whole life trying to find this sheep squatch that turns out it does exist because it's in the games. So he was looking for a real thing, I guess, but mm-hmm. he never found it. And then he got murdered by his own invention and it happens to be in a lab that he had underneath his house. Mm-hmm. It was a secret lab. He lived with his family, right? He had a sister and his sister didn't know about the lab. And when he died, nobody ever found him. And she assumed that he was missing. And that's the end of his story. Yeah. Yeah. And in the game, you can actually visit the lab. There's a whole there's a whole sequence of quests and things. You come across the fake sheep squatch, which is an assaultron in a suit, uh, which is difficult to fight. You should bring friends. Um, and and then eventually, that assaultron would be the one that he created yeah yeah it's the one he created yeah so you, you there's actually a whole quest line where you follow all this stuff through and uh, but i did not i did not realize some of these quirks about the personality because i hadn't spent enough time really digging into his character um and play through the you know the bits happening in the story according to fallout 76 but you know you know it is if you don't spend the time reading all the terminals and, and looking stuff up you kind of miss some of the details so this is this is very cool to have this fleshed out um, that's the entire story for him and about all the information we know about the sheep squatch. Other than that, it will, uh, attack you. <laughs> yeah. So the sheep squatches in the game are, uh, for anybody who hasn't played Fallout 76 are very large. They're the size of like, uh, death claws. Um, they're formidable in that they will, like they howl like yodel. <laughs> it's not really a yodel, but they, they make these like big grandiose movements they charge at you they stomp the ground they shoot quills like out in a circle around them um they're quite the quite the things to have to fight um i would say that they're probably and i don't know the stats on this but i would say that they're probably a little bit more dangerous than a deathclaw but uh, i guess it depends on you know what type of deathclaw you're fighting and what level you are and all all of those things um but yeah they're they're pretty difficult so um, again, I would love to hear anybody else's experiences with these creatures in game. If there's anything really, really cool that you guys have come across in exploring the cryptids in these games, especially if you have any really cool pictures, because sometimes these these creatures are hard to get on camera because they are so dangerous or so so rare combinations. So um, like, for example, uh, Tuniversal has been has guested on my on my shows a few times. And the other day I was watching his stream in the morning and he came across a uh, a Mothman up like floating outside of like a, a building, like three or four stories off the ground. It's just like floating there, um, not doing anything, not responding to anything. It's like, it's like a glitched. So he was able to get some really good photos of it. And then he tweeted them out. And then the official uh, follow Bethesda channel, uh, retweeted his account, his photo with, you know, uh, his, you know, a, a name or whatever on the bottom saying that that's where it came from. So that, that was pretty cool, but like getting really good pictures of some of these things can actually be kind of difficult in game. So I'd, l- I'd love to hear or see any of that stuff shared around as well. Um, so lanky, 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 lanky. That's the first time I've made that mistake. Uh, thank you for doing all the research on this. This is, this is very, very cool. Um, I think we'll probably have Dave back on in a few weeks uh, to join us and talk about some of these other creatures, like maybe the Wendigo or something like that, that has um, some more background stuff that he's going to have a lot more knowledge on as well. So we might, we might pull him back in for, for funsies and um, other news. Uh, this 
today, the day that we are recording this, so um, the, t- the 19th of October, is the 10-year anniversary of the release of Fallout New Vegas. So happy 10 years, Fallout New Vegas. Pretty cool. Woohoo, yeah. And then at the um, end... Oh. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Lane. No, I... So my... And nothing. It's literally just my computer being dumb again (laughs) okay (laughs) um and then at the end of this week friday is the 23rd of october and you guys might recognize that as the date of the great war the morning that the bombs fell and for two hours the great war happened so this would be the pre-anniversary of the great war 57 years before it happens so pretty cool so some really cool stuff happen happen in here um and i see uh rad tv in chat is sharing some photos yeah very cool uh, i'll have to look up i'll have to open that up when i get some time later um feel free to jump into the robots radio discord and uh share those as well here there's a link in in the chat for you and jump in there and share them share them around it'll be easier for me to remember to go back and and do that than to find it in the chat later on um so i think that's it for this episode laney do you have anything cool going on uh before uh, sorry before i get to that this is um monday night and after we're officially done the show stay tuned because i will be hanging out to answer some office office hours questions about podcasting or creating youtube videos or creating streams or marketing or doing any of the content creation stuff that i've I've got some experience doing. I'm happy to answer questions and help the community out with that. So if you guys are here for that, or if you want to join me for a future um, future time doing that, then please uh, join me. Mondays, uh, let's see, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Sunday nights are now going to be the nights since Cyberpunk's moving to Sunday from Saturday. So any of those streams, I'm hanging out late after the stream in order to answer questions and possibly uh, play some games. So... Um, stay tuned for, for some office hours after the show. Lainey, what do you have going on? Anything going on or ways that people can reach out to you? Um, I mean, I'm on the discord, of course. Um, I just made a Twitter for this because, you know, separating personal from work (laughs) and then, uh, so that's, that exists. It's also Neos Pandora. So you can find that if you want to, there's like two posts, nothing special. Um, and then what else? Oh, I've been playing so much animal crossing yeah because somebody got me animal crossing yep yeah i wonder, I wonder <laughs> who did that <coughs> hmm. happy birthday so if um, anyone wants to play animal crossing <laughs> hmm, animal crossing yeah hit her up on on discord and be like let's share friend codes um yeah i'm sure i'm sure oliver would love to uh see your how your island is advancing and of course give you more things if you need them um well, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, we'll have to jump back into Fallout again uh, sometime soon. Uh, right now, they've got like the Mole Man. Mole Man. Mole. M- <laughs> mole Miner. Mole <laughs> words are not working today. Uh, basically, they're like little loot mole guys that makes funny sounds and then you can shoot them and you get stuff off their corpses and they run away and they don't attack you and then you feel bad about existence. Anyway, so go do that. And then I think, what is it, like the next week? I'm so bad at this. Next week's update will be double XP from like the 23rd. I want to say 23rd. I don't have the info in front of me, but Fallout 76 is going to have double XP pretty soon. So get on that as well. Uh, Let's see. Anything else I'm doing? 
all the normal stuff, bunch of podcasts and things. Um, busy with some other things, kind of behind the scenes with the with the network. And of course, we're always looking for new shows to join the network. So if anybody's got any recommendations, or you're doing a show yourself and would be interested in being part of the network, then you can always shoot me a note about that as well. Uh, RobotsRadio.net for my shows and all the other shows on the network by all the other awesome hosts. And I think that's all that we got going on. Thank you, Swamp Man. Yes, this is my Bioshock shirt I'm wearing today. Plasmids. Plasmids. So we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll be back next Monday with some more Fallout stuff uh, for our Fallout uh, patron chat episode. And if you'd like to join us, then you still got time to sign up for that at patreon.com slash Fallout Lorecast. All right, Laney, thanks for joining me. We'll be hanging out for some Office Hours chat after this. See you guys next week. Talk to you later. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. This podcast was brought to you in part by our patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast, including our tier 5 patrons, Firewriter and Wessasaurus Flex, and our extra special tier 6 Liberty Prime patron, Azen. Your support is more than I could have ever expected, and I extremely extremely appreciate it thank you so very much you've been listening to a robots radio podcast smart shows for interesting people check out all the shows at robotsradio.net